Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Last week during our conversation, uh, we had Attorney James Dore stop by, and we talked about new uh, laws in Illinois with respect to uh, DUI. And as I mentioned during that podcast, you know, this is a time of year when we, we often talk about changes to laws in, in a variety of areas. And so today we're going to kind of continue on with that theme. Uh, hi, everybody, Jim Mitchell. And today we're going to turn our attention uh, to matters of family law, and I'll be joined by an outstanding attorney in that particular practice area, Christina Regal. Um, Christina, uh, Christina is an attorney with Lavelle Law and periodically takes time to join me to discuss um, a lot of things in that particular area. Today we'll hear about uh, some changes in Illinois law uh, relative to divorce proceedings. Um, so I think it's be pretty interesting. Let's dive in. Let me welcome Christina back to the podcast. Um, good afternoon. Happy New Year. Good to talk to you again, Christina. How are you? Thanks, Jim. I'm great. How are you? Good, good. Nice uh, nice to have you here. Now, as I mentioned during that brief introduction, in, in recent years we've we've talked about changes, as I recall, in criminal law, taxation, um, different areas that impact businesses and, and how the laws change around them. Um, I don't remember doing anything like this. Are, are changes to divorce law or family law common, or is this kind of a, a different event in that area? No, we have a... A big, we have some big changes in the world of family law that haven't taken place like this, boy, since the 80s, since the 90s. I mean, really, it's been years and years since we've had any kind of change in um, the dissolution of the marriage and dissolution of marriage, uh, Illinois Code. So this is it's a big deal for us. Good. All right, well, we're going to talk about it today. Now, the, the process for filing for a divorce, and correct me if I'm wrong, which I have been plenty of times on the podcast, it it always required for lack of a better term, a reason. Um, and, and when we use the word fault when talking about divorce, is that is that what we mean, just a reason why we're asking for a divorce? Yeah, we needed grounds. When filing for divorce, attorneys needed a site um, a reason for the divorce, and uh, there were fault grounds. And um, then later on came the no-fault possibility. Um, so uh, back long ago, um, you can only get divorced for certain reasons. Then we uh, introduced the no-fault divorce for what's called irreconcilable differences, I think is the term that people hear about uh, in the media a lot, but maybe they don't know exactly what it is, but that is no-fault. Irreconcilable differences means we're both a little at fault or no one's really at, no one, no one person is at fault. Um, but the fault grounds were these extreme things that were um, attributed to one party only. So either the husband or the wife, not both, um, were uh, getting a divorce because they were accused by the other of being uh, of being having one of these conditions or one of these situations applicable to them: impotence or infertility, adultery, desert, desertion or willful absence, bigamy, drunkenness, drug addiction, extreme physical or mental cruelty a felony conviction or a transmitted uh, transmission of a sexually transmitted disease. Those were the reasons that you could get a divorce <laughs> or irreconcilable differences, and you had to cite one to get the divorce mm-hmm. going. 
at least and one. I, yeah, and I, you know, the whole practice of this is, is probably a whole other topic, but it's interesting when you list those specific reasons, and we, we always consider, unfortunately, divorce as being very contentious. So in those cases, if you said, this is my reason, did you have to provide some sort of proof and really be able to substantiate it then to, to get the divorce? Yes, indeed. Yes. And so it created a lot of situations where, um, in fact, in most situations, people would say the other party had been had been guilty of mental cruelty. So uh, prior to this new law taking effect, we would get a lot of calls from people saying, why is my wife saying that I've been mentally cruel to her? She's the one who's been mentally cruel to me. <laughs> um, and we would have to explain the no, you know, that as attorneys, um, you know, we have to cite a fault ground um, to get a person divorced in case the other party doesn't participate. We have to say something, give some kind of grounds as a basis for the divorce. And so uh, of the terrible things that I mentioned, mental cruelty was the least among them. But you would have to provide some sort of proof, some sort of testimony or some sort of proof that that had happened. Um, so, yes, I had divorces for mental cruelty, divorces for physical abuse, um, and really the other ones that I cited – infertility, adultery, desertion, bigamy, drunkenness, drug addiction, felony convictions, or transmission of a sexually transmitted disease are so rarely used. Um, they were really only used in the most extreme circumstances. Well, now I, I do want to talk about what's happening in 2016, but I'm going to throw one more question at you because at the beginning you mentioned that the no-fault divorce, and I remember when that sort of became a new term. Um, just give us another quick primer on, on what that means and how that was used. Okay, so a no-fault divorce would be something that the parties would agree to, right? So the parties had to agree that there is irreconcilable differences, meaning uh, we couldn't work it out. Not you did this thing to me and now you, yeah, I'm divorcing you, but we couldn't work it out. Irreconcilable differences between the two of us, and that's considered a no-fault divorce. Um, under the old law, if you wanted to get an, uh, divorced by irreconcilable differences, you had to wait two years to get – you'd be living separate and apart for two years, or you could execute what's called a waiver, a waiver of the two-year waiting period to get a divorce after having been only separated for six months. Um, under the un other fault grounds, you could get divorced um, after a six-month separation, but under a um, under the irreconcilable differences – uh, grounds, you had to wait two years or sign a waiver of that two years. So um, in so prior to, there had to be a six-month separation at least for people to get a divorce. Okay. Now let's talk about what's new here because as uh, in talking to you, it, it seems to me I'm getting the sense that relative to the fault portion of a divorce, something is different in Illinois. So what, what's changing this year? Okay. So now, as of January 1st, 2016, um, all divorces will be uh, irreconcilable differences. And the six-month waiting period is not necessary anymore. Neither is the two-year waiting period. So, um, so we no longer have to prove um, impotence or infertility, adultery, desertion, or willful absence, bigamy, drunkenness, drug addiction, extreme physical or mental cruelty, felony conviction, or transmission of a sexually transmitted disease. Those things are off the table in terms of as a, as a grounds for divorce. And pretty much everyone just has to prove that the differences between the parties are irreconcilable. Um, the six-month the six-month separation can be evidence of irreconcilable differences, but it's not necessary anymore. 
Um, we're, we're kind of flying through this conversation today, as we always do when, when Christina Regal visits. We get a lot of information. Um, and she's got a great background in representing individuals in, in family law matters, particularly divorce, uh, custody, things of that sort, but also handling a, a variety of other litigating uh, circumstances, uh, different cases uh, involving litigation. And in visiting LavelleLaw.com recently, I, I came across a great article authored by Christina on a, on a the case uh, we may have heard about involving access to locker rooms by a, a transgender high school student, and it's her journalism background and experience uh, as well as her legal experience that allows her to share a lot of this information. So when you can't listen to the podcast, always visit lavellelaw.com and see what else might be there um, from from our guest, Christina Regal. Um, now, I'm going to kind of put this in very basic terms. What I think I heard you say about this new law, am I safe to say that it kind of makes it easier to get a divorce in Illinois? Yeah, well, really what it takes out is a lot of finger-pointing and a lot of waiting, right? So we've had people before who knew they were going to get a divorce but had to wait that six-month period and really had to sit and wait it out. Um, it's not necessary anymore, and um, and really one party can prove irreconcilable differences as opposed to uh, the parties having to agree to that. So um, it takes a lot, a lot of the finger-pointing and the um, – well, I mean, it's funny to use the term acrimony, but that you know, it takes the acri- it takes some of the acrimony out of divorce, um, you know, so that uh, we don't have these uh, essentially pointless uh, efforts at trying to put the divorce on one person or the other. Um, so, so it's it's it in terms of um, people getting a divorce, it's a good thing for them. It makes the process more streamlined. In terms of attorneys, it. Um, it's also a good thing because it focuses on um, the issues at hand, which is, you know, custody and division of property and support payments as opposed to who did what and who's at fault. Uh, I really think that we are getting out of some of the unnecessary parts of um, of the divorce of the divorce code. So it is good. Um, there's another change um, that um, come down the pike that coming is coming down the pike that's associated with this. Also taking effect January 1st is that we people can no longer sue for what's called um, alienation of affection or what's heart balm actions, essentially suing someone for stealing your spouse um, mm. is no longer a cause of action in Illinois. Okay. Yeah, I know we had uh, done a podcast on that not too long ago, so it's uh, interesting that you bring that up. So um, this this particular set of changes, you, you mentioned two key ones there. Are there others? And regardless of what others there are, if you want to mention them, go ahead. But in general, as you said, that these haven't happened in a while. Is there any particular reason that suddenly we, we saw this law? Is it just because attorneys and judges said, look, this process is too confusing? Or how how did it come about? Well, we, we, so what we did was we saw we've seen a total retooling of the uh, of the family law code. Um, there have been other changes associated with uh, custody rights for parents, custody rights, um, and visitation, um, and and that sort of thing. They've got new names. Uh, we'll we'll leave that for another podcast. But um, I think that you know this is an area of change. Um, you know. Family litigation, a family, you know, a divorce is is a piece of litigation. I mean, it is technically a lawsuit, and I think what we're what these laws are doing is essentially trying to take make it less litigious. You know, try to focus on resolution as opposed to the litigation. And um, and so, in this sense, we've got uh, a new code that takes that into that takes that into account, takes a lot of the penalties out of um, the divorce code, and and puts in you know. Uh, uh, 
a method of getting to a, a way, a more cooperative way of dealing with a divorce and the effect on the family. Mm-hmm. And, and I know, you know, in, in your role, it's very difficult, and you, you deal with people with emotions running very high and a lot of uh, difficult circumstances. Um, as you said, this this seems to allow you to focus on the mechanics of what has to happen. Do you envision from a from an operating perspective as an attorney who deals with this that it it changes your role and it it uh, allows you to focus better or serve your clients better by having to just work on on those blocking and tackling issues as opposed to the emotional ones, maybe? Absolutely. I mean, you know, most most people when they're fo- when they've already decided to hire an attorney are really focused on the resolution really focused on getting on getting the divorce um and on occasion as attorneys we would get somebody who was angry you know looking for revenge and they were the ones who really focused on these fault grounds or trying to disprove that the divorce should happen disprove that there are, <laughs> there were irreconcilable differences or show that there shouldn't be a divorce and those are the those are the folks who would get hung up on these grounds or um or the proofs and um, the penalties, so to speak. And as attorneys, as I think we do a, a service to our clients by trying to dissuade them from using this process for revenge and try to, you know, encourage them to use it as a way to, you know, essentially get a fresh start. And this this new statute allows us to do that and doesn't let people get bogged down in the who, what, where, and really focuses on the what's next. Well, um, what's next, I would say at this point, is hopefully another conversation with Christina Regal. Unfortunately, we've, we've run out of time today, so I want to thank her for being with us. Always always a great conversation when she's here. So we will let her get back to her task at hand. And let me remind you that uh, LavelleLaw.com is a great resource. Um, visit that website. You can find Christina's profile, learn more about her practice, and uh, plenty of articles, podcasts videos, uh, assets available for you if you want to dig into some more topics. So my thanks to Christina for joining me today on a, a very busy day for her. And I know you're all busy too, which is why it's great that you can just download our podcast, take them with you. Um, you can get them on iTunes here on Blog Talk Radio or LavelleLaw.com. Uh, go ahead, take a look and see what might be there to interest you. Of course, we're back every week with a new conversation. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.